You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to the Watling and Owen Show here on a Thursday. Happy February, Matt Watling with Owens. I don't usually buy into these like social media things, Matt, but it did kind of feel like January was like a 65-day month. I feel like that was a real battle. That it, see, like you say that, I feel like the weeks go by fast, but I can't remember what happened on like New Year's. Like I don't, not like I, not like. Oh, I was hammered. hell of a night. No, I, I didn't drink that night. I was working at eight a.m. the next day. Some of us have okay, to, uh, yeah. you know, help fund your gambling addiction, Luke. Uh, Matt Walling not speak about his job in the first two minutes. Of the challenge failed. Uh, we failed the challenge. Is that is that a thing I do a lot? <laughs> no, there's a lot of uh, work talk. Yeah, it's not a bad half thing. The time I just like I don't know, man. Whatever. You're you're right. I should stop. Well, you, no, you but, know um, why I did it this time because you made me sound like an alcoholic and 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 a, and a drunk and a and a sloppy guy, and then that's not what I'm about. No, I didn't. You said I don't remember. Yeah, January and you made 1st. it seem like it was a whole drinking thing. It wasn't. Okay. I did not party on January first. I I had work to do the next day. Matt is not an alcoholic. Okay, we're the thirty first. Want the word say. out there. Not an this, alcohol, We're off confirm. the rails already, and we were supposed to start off the rails. Um, this is not great. Now we we start there, Matt. First of all, um, you put out the tweet before the That's show right. because some of us saw uh, on Wegmans, which was interesting because Wegmans is the name I of the mean, store. I mean, there not was Wegman. there was an autocorrect situation, so I, I just went with the autocorrect. So not a proofreading situation. I Correct. see. Correct. I, I intentionally but, chose the apostrophe. So earlier today, there was a tweet that was sent um, that I quote tweeted. Right. Went semi-viral, um, if you will. Uh, five likes. Wow, comments. that's good these days. I, I'm telling you, man. I have 2,000 followers. Only 500 people saw this tweet. So it's truly impressive. Um, Alex Cohen tweeted, Every time I am in Florida, I'm reminded how superior Publix is to every grocery store in the U.S. No other grocery store even comes close. To which I responded, Wegmans clears so easily. Stop yourself. And surprising you know if you're a f- five-year listener to the Watling Owen show you'd be surprised by this but Matt Watling threw a like on a tweet which was shocking to me yeah Luke the the concept of of Wegmans being elite I'm not about it still you know it's, it's a good grocery store it's nice it's a good place but the, what really had me flabbergasted is when someone mentioned Meyer in the same sentence Meyer is essentially Walmart without the superstore it is like the Walmart of grocery stores. It's fine. It's it's a mediocre grocery store in the Midwest. What was the other one? Food Line? Uh, Publix? Publix was the, the, the source it, of the it, it is not Wegmans. It's a grocery store. Wegmans is, is an upscale, higher class grocery store. It's got more stuff. Okay, but have you ever had a pub sub? I don't care. I know that's you know just why like, I don't everyone's care, a pub sub, pub sub. Because Wegmans also has sandwiches that are fine. Phenomenal. Fine is a terrible they're, thing, they're but good. Yeah, they're phenomenal. They're fine. They're deli sandwiches. But so the that, idea we're going to say Meyer in Publix is Wegmans. It's not. It's like Stop and Shop. All right. Well, this is kind of not really – this doesn't really excite me like you said it was going to in the tweet. I thought why? you were going to be like – I'm saying Wegmans clears both of these. I'm I, on your side. I know, but I would I'm actually preferred. disgusted – that someone would even utter a place like Meyer in the same sentence as Wegmans. I'm gonna, you should be honored that I'm at this point. I was going to comment back to that guy and be like, I have no idea what this is. I mean, it's M-E-I-J-E-R. Is, is yeah, Meyer. It's a Midwest uh, grocery store. Yeah, miss me with that. And guess what, Luke? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, 
I trust you. You've lived in the Midwest. You've, That's right. You've lived in Long Island. You've lived up here. So I feel like you're the only voice of reason here. Thank you. And I know you, you'd murder to come back here, not have to walk six miles to your grocery store there and back, and to just drive right up the street to a nice Wegmans. I know you do that. I, I would – I mean the – the I, I have to plan my day around going grocery shopping, Luke. Yeah. I have to plan my day around getting up and lugging my fat, lazy slob self wow. 15 blocks to go to the grocery store. And then I got to walk it back. You know how hard it is to carry like 20 pounds of potatoes? Why do you have 20 pounds of potatoes for one, one man? Well, it's, it's like a four pound bag and then you go with like a three pound bag of oranges and, you know, a couple pounds gotcha. of chicken. So it's not just potatoes, but it's, it's the only thing I had in my head. The Matt Watling food experience is interesting because I think you freeze like 60 days worth of meat and you're like, oh, I have to go to the store and I need to get chips and like one thing. And you're oh, like, That's you want to see week. my, my groceries list for tomorrow? Speaking of groceries. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's uh, hear it. Let's go inside the, inside the mind here. So we got butter. Okay. Essential. Uh, grapes from the fruit stand guy. Love that guy. Uh, frozen fruit at the stand if it's cheap, so I'll freeze the fruit. It's like berries and things for for sh- for shake. Oh, smoothie. Yeah, bananas in that same vein. Uh, Greek yogurt always a staple in the house. Onion question mark. So I don't know <laughs> if I need it, but we'll see. Uh, dessert. What is that? I don't know yet. We'll see when we get there. Uh, chips and garlic. Okay. There you go. So we've got a big week ahead of us. It sounds like. Uh, it's not a big week. I mean. This is all pretty pretty lightweight stuff. The the big weeks, the tough weeks are when you have the meat and the pota- and the potatoes at once. That's when it really gets you. So why are we questioning the onion? Is this a situation where you don't know if you have one or you don't? I, know if I you have one that's that's gone bad. I haven't thrown okay. it out yet. Um, I just don't know if I need it. I mean, the one thing I respect about you, and it's I. It, I do not abide by these laws, but you will not throw out food. Like no, you will. You will use it to the bitter end, yes. which I'm. I'm the opposite. It will be eaten. I, I think I actually yeah. ruined um, some apple cider vinegar and some vinegar in the fridge because I tried to put red on, make, like, make pickled red onions, but I think the onion was was so off, and I didn't like get the bad parts off it that it's like tainted the entire jar of pickled red onion. That I made. Wow. How will we recover? I don't know. I mean, how, no pickled red, on, red onion in the life. It's, it's terrible. You, you've clearly it never ruins. had a pickled red onion. It's, it's delightful. Of course not. It's of a treat. You throw that on sandwiches, throw it on burgers. It's, oh, it's fantastic. If the word pickle is in, I'm out. You're not so. a pickle guy. No, it's like one of my two foods. Really? Well, fish, mustard, and pickles. That, that's so the, you don't like that's the, the You don't like the sourness of the pickle? What's, what's the issue here? No, I don't. I don't like it. All right. Fair enough. Can't complain. Um, Can't argue it. We've got a lot of sports to talk about today, though, man. Do we? Um, yeah, we've got to talk about the, the continued downfall of the New York Jets Do after we? the athletic article drops. Uh, we've got to talk about the New York Knicks. And we've got to, of course, do everyone's favorite segment, Move the Needle, hosted by Matt Walling this That's week. Right. I'm excited, man. I actually – I already have an idea for what I'm going to do next week. I'm going to do a Super Bowl edition of move the needle using uh, different headlines and stories to see if they uh, move your needle. So I'm, I'm excited for, for my segment next week. I love it. Uh, I, I think I'm going to start doing links that you don't need to click on because I want you to be surprised. I want to see if the needle move it move is smart. I want to get your initial reaction to see if the needle initially moves when you, when you get surprised by it. Very smart. Very smart. Um, but let's start with the jets. Great. 
So this Zach Rosenblatt, Diana Rossini story comes out in The Athletic. Um, you know, pretty – some people would say bombshell. Other people would say kind of just bringing to light a lot of issues that people thought were already there. And, you know, there are a lot of anonymous sources in there. So you have to think there could be some disgruntled people involved. But I guess, I'll, you know, as a residence Jets guy, Matt, what were your, your kind of big takeaways after reading the article? I hate the way society talks about journalism these days. I'll start with that. The idea that people are complaining that they're that they're nameless sources is so dumb. And the concept that people think that this is them trying to get the Jets is so dumb to me. It kind of ruins Twitter. It ruins the story. Because I'm sitting there and you have Jets fan homeboys, you know, fanboys that are sitting with Cheeto dust on their fingers saying, Oh, what cowards they're using nameless sources. Name name your sources. Name them. And it's like, no, they're not going to name them because those sources would get fired. They would lose their jobs. They would be blackballed from the league. So that, that's where I want to start, Luke, because the concept that they need to have names attached to their sources is so dumb. It's very clear that they've spoken to multiple sources. Now, has some of this been perhaps, I don't even want to say sensationalized because it's, it's still journalism. It's still factual. But has some of this been, you know, over-exaggerated by the sources, perhaps? But but I feel confident saying that everything that these two worked on, and it's been months and probably weeks that they've worked on it, is factual. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, it makes Rob Saul look really bad. It makes him look really weak and kind of insecure, which is unfortunate. You know, there's conversation about him, you know, going to the the, the leaker when it came to the, the Zach Wilson scared to return to the lineup or didn't want to return as starting quarterback uh, towards the end of the season, he was like, oh, if, if you re- uh, reveal yourself now, you won't get in trouble. That's the oldest trick in the book, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you have like 74 kids. You know better than, that's, better than to use that. That doesn't work. Um, I, I thought him wondering aloud about the Vic Fangio, you know, comparison, it felt weak. But on the flip side of it, Luke, let's say, it's, it's, let's say I'm the head coach and you're my, you're my DC, right? You're my guy. You're my right-hand man. You know for a fact I'm complaining to you about everything that's going wrong. Oh, yeah, of course. So I don't – it's fine. Like you can complain about it. But I feel like if he's constantly doing it and constantly talking about, you know, the way head coaches perform without their starting quarterback, that's when it kind of just gets to be a little annoying, I guess, or, or negative. You know, it feels like he couldn't keep the locker room and the, and the, the team – together in a sense look they played pretty hard for a decent part of the season but when you're crying and, you're, and your whole entire thing is what do you expect us to do without Aaron Rodgers you've lost me because injuries happen yeah the season's over but you're in the locker room you're on the team you don't want to hear that if you're CJ Mosley if you're Dalvin Cook who signed and cost himself possibly his career after this season you don't want to hear him just whining and moaning that they don't have Aaron Rodgers like figure out an answer that was my first kind of take. And then the Hackett things, it looks so bad. Like, you, you know, I thought, oh, maybe he'll look good. You know, he's an offensive mind. He just has to worry about the offense. And, and Aaron Rodgers there to help him out. This is really bad. I mean, they're looking to bring in a guy to basically replace him as the coordinator and just have him as a figurehead. So that also is incredibly negative and bad. And it's, it's a really bad look for this team. And, and I don't know how things get better next season. When you've got a coach that's already worried about losing his job, you've got a coordinator that literally is a child 
essentially, in terms of his intelligence and his ability to run a practice and, and run a film session. And the only thing you're hoping is that a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers can somehow carry this miserable team to a couple playoff games. Yeah, I think the three bullet points, and you hit on them, you know, all three of them, that, you know, ranking them from most to least surprising, I think the least surprising thing would probably be that Rodgers has a ton of control over this team. Like, that's kind of been pretty apparent. He brought in guys to play with him. Um, they didn't have the backup quarterback, whatever. Like, I'm not overly surprised that Aaron Rodgers had a lot of say. He's the star player. You know, should he have been given that power? Probably not. But the Jets were desperate. Like, they needed a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was the answer. And I also think, look, if the Jets went, you know, 14-3 and three and made the AFC Championship game, this wouldn't be a story. So I think a lot of that stems from that. So I'm not really that surprised. Second, I'd say probably is, you know, second least surprising would be Nathaniel Hackett not being a good coach. Like, you kind of heard it throughout the year. Like Garrett Wilson would come out and say these little things like, Hey, we need to make adjustments throughout the game or, Hey, like why are other teams so good? And we're not like, you know, I think that wasn't that surprising. I think the most Isn't surprising exceptionally painful to listen to them say he just like, didn't, they didn't watch film in training camp. They didn't try yeah, to get and, better. And, like, that's what gets me. If you want to be a bad play caller, fine, but you can't even like have meetings with the rest of your offensive staff. You know, one of the, that the was stories crazy. was, he only has meetings last minute, and the only guys he talks to is his offensive line coach slash run game coach and his passing coordinator. Like that's not right. Yeah. Come on, guy. Yeah, that that was insane. I guess that portion was definitely surprising. Like the lack, of, like you were a head coach last year, and now you're dropping to an OC, and it's like, yeah, it's still a ton of work. But like you're telling me, you're just you're not going to put in hundred percent. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, it kind of felt like. I don't know if it goes hand in hand, but then I think the most surprising thing was how kind of Salah handled the whole situation because, you know, you look at Salah and how he talks in the media um, and kind of how you think he is personally. He feels like he's a guy that deals with adversity well, um, doesn't necessarily wear it on his sleeve, but it kind of feels like he was going around the facility like, oh, woe is me. Like, we don't have Rodgers. And I think that really weighs on guys, right? Like, if you're Garrett Wilson, if you're Brees Hall, if you're Sauce Gardner on the other side, you're not hearing him say that and being like, well, coach is right. Like we don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like we got no chance. I think that was the most surprising part to me because Sal comes off as a guy that has control of the room, that commands the room, that you know he's friends with the guys, but also he's kind of an authoritarian figure. So I was a little bit surprised to see him kind of woe is meing around and and making this the message. You know, if you want to, you know, look back to the beginning of the year, Luke, and it was where the what are we? We're birds, and we're gonna fly so high that we're gonna suffocate the other birds on our backs whatever whatever the expression was if you remember yeah the from, weird was it the weird eagle thing that he, what was it was it like again? the eagle picks up the raven or picks <laughs> yeah. up an animal and just basically yeets it into outer space and it suffocates and it's yes. like you, you can say that but then you get thrown into adversity and you just crumble and that's what's most disappointing because there's going to be injuries to this team there's going to be issues and if you if your immediate reaction is to play the victim card let the fans do that for you. Let the media do that for you. Why are you doing it around your own locker room? It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't make this team better when you cry and complain that you lost Aaron Rodgers. And and this is corny, Matt, but like when he's making the Vic Fangio comparison, it's it's kind of like a negative fulfilling of destiny in a way. And I know it sounds corny, but like you're saying this is what's going to happen to me. Oh, I'm going to be cast aside. I'm never getting another chance. It's like, 
look, you have a terrible hand you've been dealt. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he had the perfect team. He's he's never had a good quarterback in his tenure with the Jets. It's super unfair to say, you know, he's a horrible head coach or anything like that because we don't know. But, like, at the same time, you, you know, he mentioned all the, the spots around the league where guys were struggling without quarterbacks. It's like there were certainly a few examples this year where guys were still winning games. Like, the Jets were just were seemingly losing or, every or game. Competing. Like, the Vikings – yeah, like the Vikings competed down the stretch. The Bengals competed down the stretch. Um, you know, the Rams still, you know, stayed in it. I know Stafford was only out for like a game and a half. But like, I don't know. That kind of negative fulfillment of destiny was kind of – it's kind of weird to me. Like being like, yeah, this is what's going to happen to me. Like nothing I can do. Also, he's made some mistakes as head coach. You, you could have – you. it was your decision to start Zach Wilson from week one. It was your decision not to – you know, to not push for a competent backup quarterback that year to sit him. It was your decision to bring in two first time coordinators that struggled through the first year that didn't look good in the first year. There was, you know, this season you could have pushed harder for another quarterback that wasn't, who was it? Um, who was the guy? Not Tim Boyle, the other dude. Oh, uh, Simeon. Sim, Trevor Simeon. Like you could have went out there and said, listen, we want a quarterback. We're not playing Zach Wilson. He is not like, we're sticking to our plan. The fact they didn't stick to the plan of just benching him this entire year is asinine to me. Put him on the practice squad for the entire season. It doesn't matter. He should not have played. And the fact that you couldn't push and just bench him and play Tim Boyle is an indictment on you. He should have never been in, in, you know, on the field. And maybe it could have been different because you could have gotten Colt McCoy. And they, and they apparently in the story, it said that they looked at Colt McCoy and they said, we'd rather have Zach Wilson. Well, if you're Rob Sala and you and you stomp on the table and 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 throw your throw a fit and say I want Colt McCoy, we're not playing Zach Wilson for the betterment of his development, then you have more of an argument instead to, to complain about instead of just whining and saying woe is me. Like you didn't do anything, you did nothing to the offense to help make it better. So to me, the Jets now have two options, and obviously option one is going to be the the thing that probably happens, which is you obviously you keep Sala, you ride with Rodgers, and hopefully it fixes itself. If not it's kind of going to be like burning a house down, right? It's, it sucks, but it's going to be a full cleansing where it's like Sal is gone. Rogers is gone. Like, et cetera. Douglas is gone. Yeah. And then option two is could the jets see this and be like, there's a leak in the house. Things aren't going great. Mike Vrabel's still out there. Pete Carroll's out there. Do we explore that option or is it too late? And say, look, Aaron, we, if you want to play here as bad as you say, like, are you really going to hit your wagon that hard to Robert Sala where, and I guess Nathaniel Hackett has to be in that conversation as well. Like, is it worth running it back with Sala just to make sure that Aaron Rodgers stays happy? Or would he be like, yeah, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't care if Rabel's done some good things. You know, Pete Carroll's a proven winner. So those are kind of, I think your two options if you're the Jets. Well, I don't think they're making a change. I, I wish they would, to be honest, like it's not going to end well this next season. So are they going to make a change? No. Should they? Probably. Like, B. Carroll be a great fit for this team. He's only got a couple of years left. He's an older guy. Give him two years with Rodgers and then let him the next year kind of usher in a new era wherever it goes. Frankly, Luke, the, the, the best case scenario for this team is either with Salah, you, you make a deep run and maybe win a Super Bowl, or you just have another really bad year like this one and you give up with Rodgers and you and you don't sign for the next season and you clean house and you just start from scratch because there's a lot of talent on this roster there's a lot of flaws there's a lot of talent on this roster if Rodgers can't do it next year why waste another year of Sauce Gardner's prime and Garrett Wilson's prime go out there find a quarterback find an Anthony Richardson type bring in a legitimate coordinator you have enough weapons around 
a guy like Anthony Richardson, where if you put him on this team or a player like him on this team with a good, competent coaching staff, I think you could develop a quarterback like that, right? Like this team is different now. They have some talent. They can help prop him up. If Sam Darnold, his rookie year, had this team, he'd be better. He wouldn't have failed like he did a couple of years, you know, as a Jet. So go out there and find a guy that you can help prop up and, and develop and, and move on along slowly where at least you're seeing some improvement. And in order to do that, you've got to fire the coaching staff. You've got to fire Joe Douglas at that point, And you have to keep the rest of that core intact and, and capitalize as quickly as you can. I guess my last point um, about next year and, and just a thought I just had is like, it feels like the worst case scenario for the Jets would be they win 10 to 11 games, make the wild card, Maybe I even win around, but then it's you're kind of like, uh, you know, Solid did like a decent of, of job. Like he he should stay around, but like you're still not like a hundred percent sure what's going on. Like it feels like it has to be like a deep playoff run or just everything goes wrong. You miss the playoffs. Like okay, let's just let's just hit that reset button. It sucks, but we're gonna have to do it again. Yeah, and and you know, Luke, I've said the and last. It's not a hard reset either, by the way. Like sorry to interrupt. Like you mentioned. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, yes, they're going to be getting older. They're still on the, you know, the rookie deals will be less, less time on them by then. But like your roster, I think is so is leaps and bounds better than it was when we were talking about like the Darnold rebuild or, you know, when they first got Zach Wilson, like you've got a lot more in place here than I think you did before. Which is what makes it so hard to say you've got to fire Joe Douglas too. But if he can't land the quarterback in this scenario, like it's got to go. If he can't, if he can't make it worth Aaron Rodgers and he, his offensive line has been as bad as it's been. His entire, you know, it hasn't gotten any better since it was when he got here, the offensive line. Maybe you've got some names and some draft picks invested in it, but it's not better. Lakin Tomlinson isn't worth the contract you signed. You tried it, it didn't work. Makai Becton didn't work. He's probably a free agent um, and, and not coming back to the team. So it sucks to say because he's done some good things. He brought in some really nice talent. Jermaine Johnson, you know, that draft from a few years ago, all four of them now have made the Pro Bowl. Jim Brees Hall and Jermaine, I think Brees Hall has. Jermaine Johnson, Sauce, and Garrett Wilson, like they're studs. They're they're that's four cornerstone pieces that you don't get in just one draft. That takes years to build. But look what look, look what it's gotten them. Nothing. You've gotten a, a wide receiver that if he was any if Garrett Wilson was a bad guy, he would be already out of here requesting a trade. They are so lucky he's got the head on his shoulders that he has, and he's the person that he is, because this has been an embarrassment for him. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL and he, he has no one to throw to. Or catch or catch the ball from, it's crazy. Yeah, it is insane. Um, let's move on to the Knicks. Um, because I've been I've been doing some thinking about the Knicks. They're taking on Indiana tonight. They they've won again. Um, what is that? Eight straight. Uh, for the Knicks, they're now the three seed in the East. Only a game behind Milwaukee for the two. A half game up on Cleveland, and then Philadelphia is all the way down to five now. Um, they're a game back. And hoping that Joel Embiid's knee uh, is intact enough for him to, you know, finish out the season for them. So that's going to be huge news. But I was kind of thinking about this, and we kind of started talking about it last um, episode with Jalen Brunson. And you know, I was saying, you know, why does Brunson maybe not get get the same love as some of the other stars? Because you look at the stats. I mean, he's been a scoring machine this year. He's twelfth uh, in the NBA in points per game. He's been a really good passer. He's been very efficient from the floor. He hits his free throws. He takes charges at a, an insane clip for a point guard. So all these things he does, like, like where do you where do you see Jalen Brunson in, the, in this, the landscape of the NBA? Because there's 24 guys on the All Star teams, right? He's going to be 
on the all-star team. He's, you know, arguably should have been the point guard. I think he should have been the point guard for the, the Eastern Conference team. So what does that put him at? Like top 20, top 15 pushing? As, as a player NBA? or a guard? As a player. He's got to be top 15, right? I mean, he's 12th in but, scoring, But then it's like difficult because you go to, okay, like, compare him to in in Phoenix, right? Like, KD's better. You know, Devin Booker, is, is, would you say he's better? Yes. I so, mean. like, there's a lot of, you know, in, in Boston. But you're, you're, like. You also went right to the top. Well, no, like, but I'm I saying agree, there's like, a lot of guys like that are, there's a lot of superstars in the NBA. I don't know if right. he's in that category. Right. And I think that's what I want to jump off of. So when I look at the NBA, I think the superstars are like the top 15, five to 10. I don't like, you know, I, I like I look at right now, like looking just at points, you know, like Trey Young's 10th. Is he a superstar? I don't know. Um, but, you know, Anthony Edwards is borderline. Obviously, you have your your big guys, right? Your MBs, your Donchiches, your SGAs. Uh, Giannis, Durant, Booker, et cetera. Um, I think Brunson is at the very least a star, right? Yeah. And, and whether you go superstar versus star, um, I don't think he's quite at superstar level yet. Cause I think superstar is reserved for Giannis, Doncic, you know, Tatum, I think is in there and bead. But what I think about Jalen Brunson is he's the perfect star for the Knicks to have, right? There's a lot of guy that need the missing piece. Could the Knicks have gotten any luckier with their best player? Because he plays hard. He doesn't take games off. He's not flashy. He he doesn't complain about the contract he's under like other guys would. Because let's be honest, at this point, he's underpaid. Like, I really think that Nick, when it comes to finding their guy in Jalen Brunson, he fits the culture. He fits Tom Thibodeau. Like, imagine if the Knicks were the team that went all in for a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving. Like, them with Tibbs would have been an absolute disaster. But instead, you get Jalen Brunson, who's Villanova, Jay Wright, plays hard, plays defense, takes the charges, is not afraid to attack the rim. Like, I just really think he is the perfect star for this team, and he's not getting national attention. And I almost think that's a good thing. Because in New York, if you have a guy that's getting all this attention, you know, with not a good hand on his shoulders like Jalen Brunson, you're going to have you know, a potential disaster situation, right? Because Tibbs wants you to play a million minutes a game. No, I'm, I'm a superstar. I'm not playing a million minutes a game. Um, things like that. I, I, I just feel like he should be getting more love at the national level, but I almost feel like the fact that he's not is almost an advantage for the Knicks. And it doesn't seem like he needs or wants it to a certain level. And it just... Again, which is perfect. I think right. it's so perfect. Like, But also look at the, the, want him the rest of the makeup be... of the team is, is so impressive because Julius Randle's the same guy. Josh Hart is a similar guy where he doesn't need attention. He's just going to grind his minutes. The entire team is just grinders. And I think that is really special for this team, for Tibbs. And also the Knicks are at their best when they're a grinding type of team. And, and that's what's so special about this, this current makeup. I guess I just don't understand the... I feel like the national talk around the Knicks is so strange because it's like they kind of want the conversation to be like they need a star. They need a Devin Booker, which like, yeah, obviously a Devin Booker would make them, a, a, you know, a better team. But like I look at them and I say they should be the team that kind of everyone's rooting for yeah. because they've built this way, because they're led by Jalen Brunson, because they're led by Randall, because they have these pieces, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart. Like, I just feel like the conversation is always why aren't they competing for a championship? I'm like. 
I think they're here. Like I, I still, I think they're here. I think they're in that conversation. Really? You think you think this is yeah, a team like, that could win a championship? Well, who do you use? I, I so, so I think the issue would be, you know, if you play a team like finals, I think that's certainly going to be a tough task. Or, you know, I think the Clippers could go on a run, or, or the Suns, things like that. Like that'd be a tough match. But like, look at the East. Who are you immediately like? No, the Knicks don't have a chance. Like the Celtics would be the number one answer there. But like, like they've only been to one finals. Like they've they haven't exactly shown that they're going to run through everyone in the playoffs. The Celtics are really good in terms of talent. The Bucks, I think you can beat. The Sixers, if if Joel Embiid can just bully Mitch Robinson, which it's hard to do. Mitch Robinson was on pace to be Defense Player of the Year, right? Isaiah Hartenstein has been really good in his absence, but Joel Embiid just feels so much more physically dominating than the big men that the Knicks have, and that and that does worry me a little bit. Um, you know, I just I don't know. Like, I, I think this team could do it, but doesn't it feel like? And maybe the league's changing. Maybe you don't need the superstar super team anymore because a lot of these elite teams have pairs of stars. And I think the biggest concern for me going into playoffs is, one, is Brunson going to wear down from all the minutes and, he, and the physical play that he does play? And two, is Julius Randle going to be capable of being consistently what he was in the regular season in the postseason because we haven't seen him do that. Now, the team is different, right? That, that middle of the court where he likes to play is his now. There is no R.J. Barrett to kind of take up that space. They spaced the floor a lot better than they had, you know, in even two months ago. But can this team do it in the postseason? I think I said this, you know, on on Tuesday, when everyone's playing at 100%. When, when it comes to playoff time, the rest of the league are going to be diving on loose balls and making that extra effort that the Knicks have been doing all season long to get to this point. So when that effort gap narrows is there enough talent on this team to overcome it? And we kind of talked about it, uh, you know, last year even. Oh, we, we, you and I both loved the, the Knicks over the Heat. But what happened? The Heat started playing at 100%, and Jimmy Butler took over, and they had no answer for it. Yeah, but I think, you know, two things. One, I mean, Jalen Brunson played the, this load last year, and I guess you could argue he, he had Randall. He got hurt uh, in, in, towards the end of that, that playoff run. Right, he did, but I mean, he was fantastic against the Heat, much to the uh, the chagrin of Candace Parker, who was wrong about that. Like he played very well, and Julius Randle, I mean, he's his ankle was essentially broken during the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those two are are big factors. Obviously, I think if you're the Knicks, like their spectrum, I think is pretty wide, right? Like you could see them getting bounced early, or you could see them going on a deep run. But I think right now, if you you know put a gun to my head and you're like, how far are the Knicks gonna go, like? I really, I do see them in the conference finals. Like, I, that's just how I view this team right now. I think, you know, the way Milwaukee's playing right now, they got some things to figure out with Doc Rivers. And, you know, Boston's great, but is Kristaps going to stay healthy? Is Tatum and Brown both going to, you know, stay consistent through the playoffs? And if the Celtics are the one seed, you're not going to probably play them until that conference finals if you can maintain that two or three seed. So I, I just think that should be the the thought of Knicks fans, and I think the media as well, is that this is a team that can make the conference finals. Do you think even without Julius Randle, he'll be out for two or three weeks and then get reevaluated, so it'll be close to a month plus, right? You think they can maintain that two or three seed? Well, they, their schedule's very easy, um, and they don't, lose to bad teams they haven't lost to a below 500 team all year so you know they've got indiana tonight which would be an interesting test um the lakers i don't know i, I think they can beat the lakers they, the lakers aren't great um and then you've got memphis coming up you've got houston orlando's been sliding a little bit detroit 
New Orleans coming up. Like you did skip a handful got of a pretty teams in that, in that mix. Dallas, but Dallas isn't exactly world beaters. They got Indiana again. again. You skipped Orlando. You skipped the Sixers. You skipped the no, Celtics. No, I said Orlando. Oh, yeah. I said Orlando's taking a step back. You skipped the Celtics and uh, and the Sixers in that mix, right? But I'm telling you, if they, but all they have to do is win, like, just keep beating the bad teams. I think the Knicks have like the second easiest schedule remaining. True, and they played a lot of good teams at the start of the year. That was the the brunt of their difficult stretch and why they were you know losing some of the games they were earlier on. I just, it, it's hard. Like, I, I guess what's so confusing is has the end has the Eastern Conference taken a step back since last year? I guess is, is my question. Right. I mean, I think it's. It started last year. I mean, Milwaukee lost to the Heat in the first round. Like, but but that's kind wasn't of Giannis injured in that, in that? Yeah, he was. He had the back injury. I think he missed one game. But like, I mean, you could argue Milwaukee's worse because Damian Lillard's playing defense in the in the playoffs now instead of Drew Holiday. Like, their offense is great, but you know, I think Jalen Brunson can hold his own if Damian Lillard's defending him as opposed to Drew Holiday. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah, Matt's hating on the next. I, I don't want to be a hater though. I don't want to be this guy. But I, I just think, I don't know. It's hard to say. Right. I just feel like you're what I, I'm just like you're making it sound like it's impossible for them to reach a conference. I don't final. think it's impossible. It's, I, it's winning no, one more it's round than they did last I, I don't. But when you look at the other teams in the league and you say who's done it before, shouldn't you trust the teams that's been there and done it before versus the Knicks, a team that had one I guess good playoff series in the last handful of years. I don't know. I just feel like this team's a lot different than last year. No, it is. It feels different. They don't have that kind of inconsistency. They can actually shoot the ball th- this time around. But, you know, right now they're matched up against the Pacers. That's a win. After that, you're going to the Bucks. You know, I guess the question is for the Bucks: can they turn it up defensively when it matters most? And if they can't, then, then I think the Knicks can move on. But if they can, and the Knicks kind of, you know, aren't playing – I mean, the lights are a little too bright for them in a, in a moment or two. And then they, you know, I don't know. All right. We're also That's talking right. about a team that, that was embarrassed in a way by the Heat. Not embarrassed, but yeah. strong. But they didn't really, they looked like they belonged, but they were never going to win that series. You can kind of yeah, tell I from mean, the beginning almost, they were never winning that series. It yeah, it close. almost felt like nobody picked them against the Cavs and then kind of used that. But then everyone picked them against the Heat and, you know, things kind of went south. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, you know, I like to take the temperature on the Knicks. But but your temperature right now on the Knicks, it's like you just – what you did here, Luke, if you want to go to analogy, your your temperature, it's like you just got out of a hot tub. Okay. Like you're very hot on the Knicks. <laughs> I, and I, I think you're reading the temperature and the, the gauge is, is confused. All right. Fine. Uh, speaking of reading gauges, reading needles. Moving needles, right, let, if you will. Let's, let's, let's see if the, uh, if the needle's going to move today. All right. Let's see. Uh, first story. Let me pull it up. Uh, so the NFL loop, all eight coaching spots have been filled. Words are hard. There you go. Uh, Dan Quinn gets the commander's job most recently. Mike McDonald gets the Seattle job. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. We know most of them. Those were kind of the two new ones. Of the eight, five are defensive-minded coaches. Has that little nugget moved the needle for you? It doesn't. I, I don't like it. I'm a big fan of the the offensive-minded guys. But you've kind of seen a, an interesting dynamic this year because you look at the conference finals games and, you know, you had two – the offensive guys advanced to the Super Bowl, but you did have, you know, Harbaugh as a special teams guy. Campbell's a – I don't know what Campbell is. I don't know how he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, like I don't know. I guess defense. Um, but 
but you I mean look at the landscape like just speaking personally like I wish the Bills had an offensive coach just because I feel like that that head coach and quarterback relationship is so important like that so I'd be a little bit wary. But you also said, you know, the offensive guys moved on, but they're also like legacy guys. Like Kyle Shanahan is, yeah, he's an offensive, he was an OC before and, and all that, but like he's kind of a, a forever coach in, in, in a way that makes sense. Andy Reid is, is a legend in the sport. So how do you just kind of put him in that offensive box? Yeah, I mean, but you look at the NFC, Packers offense, Rams offense, Eagles, I don't know what Nick Sirianni does. Nothing. Um, Bucks defense Lions defense Cowboys offense Niners offense so was that five to two offense Mm -hmm. and then in the AFC you know Harbaugh's special team so I guess defense McDermott defense Chiefs offense Texans defense Browns offense Dolphins offense Steelers defense so it can be done I I do think it depends on the situation and it depends on the, the team's need and when you look at kind of the these teams i feel like when you have an unknown at the quarterback position you should go offensive yeah the commanders made no sense yeah that mean that felt like they wanted ben johnson and they panicked Mm -hmm. when it didn't go i mean you could have brought in Vrabel. he's a guy that you maybe like in that if dan quinn keeps the enemy maybe you say okay we've got an offensive coordinator that we trust and and kind of like i thought the falcons made no sense with raheem morris luke like this is a team that has a solid defense you're trying to figure out your quarterback play and you don't bring in a guy that can coach quarterbacks. Like that was the I one think, flaw of that team was quarterback play. And they brought no one to take the most, get the most out of it. I just think today's game, the quarterback is obviously just so uber important that like, if I have a young quarterback, I want my coach to be able to fix him. If something's wrong, much, right? like Robert Sala is sitting there and he can't do anything to help Zach Wilson because he doesn't, he's not an offensive guy. But how much is the head coach sitting there on the sideline when he has to worry about a thousand other things, talk to the quarterback. No, but I'm talking about like through the week, like, you know, looking at things. They're and, so busy, you know, but you've, you've heard plan. stories like coaches are so busy. They don't have time to game plan. They don't have yeah. time to do these things because they're doing the rest of the, the stuff they have to do. It's, you know, the, the head coach is the CEO. So how much does it matter that your that your head coach can be a quarterback whisperer or do you have to just find the best, you know, the best OC you can find? Yeah, but I mean, Kyle Shanahan runs his offense, picks his quarterback, like seems to work out pretty well for him. Fair. Has it? Hasn't won a Super Bowl. That's true. We'll find out. All right, let's move on. We got to keep moving your needle. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, Luke, is leaving. Um, I don't know. Mercedes. Red Bull? Oh. Mercedes, right? He's in Mercedes. Oh, I lost I the know. link now. This is, this I thought he was Red Bull. No, that's a sponsor. Oh, He's going to cars. Ferrari. Is the car. It's the car you drive. You're leaving Mercedes to go oh. to Ferrari in 2025. Yeah. No, I'm still uh, – needle's still not moving no. for me. But this is – you know what this reminds me of, Matt? This reminds me of uh, Tom Brady going from the Patriots to the Bucks. you know? The GOAT switching teams, seeing if he can, you know, win one more. Are you? Were you just watching – were you listening to like, mostly sports today? No, this this is literally just something I, I like – I just – I thought of earlier okay. today. This was a take that I think one of them had in, in oh. the show as well today. Not the same just, comparison. Very funny. Yeah, I mean, it's not not genius. Yeah. Uh, okay, Luke. This is. I think this will get your needle moving all over the place. I think it's gonna break the. Yeah. It's gonna break your needle, if you will. Okay. Um. So this guy, Jay Kuda. Oh, I love Jay Kuda. Tweeted today. Preliminary lunar analysis favors the Chiefs. The day of the Super Bowl is a waxing crescent moon. In the last five years, the Chiefs are nineteen and one under waxing crescent conditions. 
by far their best moon phase. I'm all in. All in. This moves the needle all the way because I remember the uh, the Lions had a weird moon thing going on that Jay Kuda was all over, which was like tracking, like they play well, they play bad, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, he also said full moons, they're below 500. That, so That's their worst, uh, their worst crescent or their worst uh, phase yeah. of the moon. The Niners, the Niners, Luke, 15 and 15 in crescent <sighs> games in their last 30. Hammer the Chiefs. Does being inside affect that though? Because they're not going to see the moon. No, because I think you got you know Mercury's in retrograde or something like that. Oh, it's like the feeling of the moon, like the pull, you know. Yes, it's you, you the in a full moon, the the moon the gravitational pull is pulling the ball a little further towards the shorelines. Okay. Making the uh, waves bigger, making the football go further. So that that's part of the the impact, I believe. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, following up another. Football story. It might ruin your your move the needle thing for next week, but I'm doing it anyway because the news is today. Uh, CBS announced that SpongeBob will perform Sweet Victory on the Nickelodeon Super Bowl broadcast. Fraudulent. That's all I have to say. Fraudulent. Why is that fraudulent? Because it's on the Nickelodeon broadcast. That's where Nickelodeon's a part of. Right. So why are we putting SpongeBob, which is already on Nickelodeon? Of course it's going to be on. Like, who cares? Like, what they should do is put on the actual halftime show like they're supposed to do no no no, no. They did the weird... i believe it's before the game they're doing it aren't they doing it on nickelodeon yeah on the nickelodeon version right. of the super bowl because they're which they're I, doing it on I'm the not... super bowl they're playing the super bowl I, on nickelodeon. i know which i'm out on because they should be doing this on cbs all right why are we freaking out because they're playing a spongebob song on the station that has spongebob i just think it's pretty cool that spongebob it's not is a being story played. the story should be they're making up for the nonsense with travis scott and they're going to play it at halftime on cbs like gentlemen you really have, i guess i did move your needle just in the, in the wrong way you have a six hour halftime show you can't play the spongebob clip to start it they did already they, they did that move yeah on nickelodeon which no they did that move with travis with, with travis scott yeah, and it was uh, horrible. It wasn't the actual song. Sorry. They started and didn't finish. Remember, people were mad. But, like, if you're – like, Sweet Victory's played on Nickelodeon a thousand times, a hundred thousand times. It's just it's just another time. It's, right. it's not right. All right. I thought it was live. It's funny to me live at Super Bowl doing it. Right. Put it on CBS. All right, fine. Last one. The last 12 years, Luke, the New York Football Jets had a streak of wishing their head coach a happy birthday on oh, social no. media. Yesterday, Rob Sal's birthday. What did they do? Nothing. Wow. No birthday tweet, no Instagram, no X, no Facebook post, no TikTok, no Yik Yak. Nothing. So this moves the year streak of oh, the Jets' social media wishing their coach a happy birthday ends in 2024. Now, I'm sure the Jets' social media has gotten wind of this. It's over, right? You can't. You can't go belated. No, well, going belated is even worse. <laughs> yeah, I think that ruins it. I, I love this story. It's hilarious because, of course, the timing of the athletic article. Um, if it was an accident, that's a really tough accident for the social media team to have to deal with. It is like so. We obviously worked in in sports and in social media and broadcasting, and I can just picture, like, the guy that's in charge of the social media admin, like, just was like you and just had like his fifteenth stomach bug of the year. He's in wow. his bed. He can't work, and he had the graphic ready to go, but he couldn't send them because he was so bedridden, and that's why they didn't do it. And that what's just crazy? Makes me laugh. 
if that's what would have happened. What's crazy is like how many times a year do we see the teams wish a dude a happy birthday and then cut him like that day or yeah. the next day? I feel like that happens a lot in training camp, but you can't wish a happy birthday to your head coach. That's times are tough at a one jet strike. It was it was a tough moment because if you wish him happy birthday, you know what the replies are going to be. Right. Yeah, that's true. Do you, so do you think and it was intentional can't... that they left it out, or do you think it's it's my point of view where like the guy just didn't have good internet access and couldn't maybe he was you know doing ayahuasca in a dark room with aaron Rodgers and he physically couldn't get the tweet out was his birthday the day the athletic article was, was yesterday dropped? yeah the third verse i feel like they probably were scrambling like hey what do we do we post anything today and i feel like they might have forgot that it was his birthday you think they forgot it's the birthday i think they forgot it was his birthday i don't know strong 12 years straight though Oof. it was impressive do you think the, maybe the guy that had the Google Calendar reminder on his phone got fired or, or left the team <laughs> and, and got a better job, hopefully? Hey, I mean, they did they did just clean house. Maybe it was the assistant GM. Yes, but that was not a firing. That was a, a mutually parting ways that I, I, just, I, I think I, I saw Twitter. I think I saw a report that it had happened weeks prior. Yes, yeah. it was just but announced. People were like, now. oh my gosh, they found the mole. They found the leak. Could you imagine the assistant like, GM being the mole? <laughs> <laughs> He's just giving all the tea to Diana Rossini on the side. Maybe I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Oh no, um, I know where you're going to go, and it's not necessary. Yes, yes. Um, I just I love the idea of of Salah, and, and that's the end of move the needle. I hope I move your needle, Luke. Um, I hope it moved. Did it move? You moved it a few times. All right, cool. I'll take it. Um, where was I going with this? I like the idea of Salah being like, guys, someone figure it out. If if someone tells me you're not getting in trouble. If you don't tell me, you're all getting grounded. That's what's gonna happen here. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna exactly. happen. If you, if someone doesn't come forward, I'm punishing the whole team. No ice. You're cream all running sandwiches. laps. Okay, you that's go. The to old high school coach running laps. Trick. To... It's like, it's like who was drinking? I know someone was drinking. All right, fine. Everyone's gonna run. I feel like that's like the the high school yeah. coach, like in the movies, every time. Yeah. Um, that's moving the needle. And that's the show. That's the show. We'll be back next week. Talking Super Bowl. It'll be Super Bowl week. We'll make our picks. No picks today. No football Thursday. No. It's kind of sad. Do you, do you have any, any basketball hardwood? No. I mean, I have picks tonight, but. They yeah. probably stink. Probably, yeah. Are, you know, I bet like six of your picks in the last two opportunities, and they've all <laughs> lost except for one. It's a shame because yesterday was a good day, and you weren't. I'm going to just stop betting to... your picks to help you because if, if yeah, I, 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 I guess if I bet them, they lose. Yeah, we've got, we've got four plays tonight, so. Uh, let's let's see if they, the people. They, sure, we've got the Robert Morris Oakland over 145.5. Uh, Monmouth plus 4.5 against Drexel. Um, a bit of a rival. We've got South Dakota plus 2.5 over North Dakota. And then we've got Oregon minus 1.5 against USC. So there's your four plays for tonight. There you have it. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm Luke Owens. He's Matt Watling. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.